nice to meet you. We're all glad you came. Won't you try and remember our name? Hello and welcome to the super special Friday Eric Foy edition of Locked on Sharks, proud uh, member of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is JD and of course I'm joined by Eric because it can't be Eric's Fun Boy Friday without Eric. How are you doing, Eric? It's true. That's true. You can try to rub it, but uh, you definitely can't get the real thing. So I'm I'm glad we've acknowledged that that is the the lowest common denominator there is the eric and eric's fun boy friday um okay, man. i just want to picture kyle and i doing it eric's fun boy friday it would be like yeah, he he's he skates pretty well and he does some stuff and whatever <laughs> yeah well you guys are 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 somewhat more sane than i am and don't spend extra time uh, away from work and like sleeping and doing like like searching for u20 hockey stats so i don't know i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing or something to be proud of or worried about we all have our niches and you should just wear wear it with pride so uh somebody who we're going to be learning about their niches at some point uh, so we're going to kind of touch on this Briefly, with the planning into it uh, more next week when we kind of get some more information about it, it appears that the Sharks have uh, hired former Chicago Wolves of the American Hockey League um, coach uh, Rocky Thompson. So he'll be coming over to be an assistant. Um, there, it, it feels like Bugner's going to be the head coach, but um, uh, Chris Pashelka and uh, Kevin Kurtz both tweeted out that they got a text from from Duke, uh, said that it hasn't been confirmed yet, and there's been no movement on uh, Bugner, and they're still searching through all the kits. But I mean, it feels like it's going to be. But uh, Rocky, though, he he seems like one of those guys. From uh, we kind of uh, reached out to uh, Sarah, who works over at Locked On kings and she's been to a bajillion of the chicago wolves and she tweeted out that he was uh seems like he's gonna be a great hire and he might be one of those guys who's gonna be a future coach in the nhl dog's just doing damage control drager cover and said yeah. that and announced the extension before doug wanted it to so doug made sure to send notes to writers so that they would out into the world the idea that the sharks are still working on their coaching hire but like everyone knew it was going to be doug from doug it was going to be bob from pretty much the get-go i think i think especially once the once the pandemic hit i'm pretty sure like uh our coaching search kind of went out the window especially if it's someone like gromberg and who we don't even know if the sharks were in on or talking to at all i mentioned how you in europe um, amid all this shit in the U.S., which is understandable, and um, that he was happy in Zurich, um, just feel like it was kind of a given, despite all the all the the things Doug said to the contrary. So I'd be I'd be very surprised if his report was not. Again, yeah, no, I we'll know I we'll know more in the future, but yeah, yeah. So we're we're planning on kind of digging into this more next week. 
Uh, but it, from what it sounds like, he's kind of uh, really good at developing players and uh, Rocky, that is. Uh, and I think between Rocky and Bugner, uh, you have a pretty formidable uh, fight matchup. I don't. I think they could beat up all the rest of the coaches in the league, but we'll get to that at a later point. Somebody we do want to talk about who um, we continue our draft prospects by digging into a, a big boy. I was kind of shocked when I saw his size. I was I didn't expect to uh, pick a player like this, but we're going to be talking about William Wonder, uh, who is six foot four and is still seventeen years old. So, what do we what do we got about Mister Wallander? He's, he's a bean pole, man. But also, like I don't know, when people talk about uh, bears and their sizes at, at this age, they still have some growing to do. So everyone's going to be a little small and a little skinny and a little like not filled out yet. <laughs> he's um, he's, he's going to be the Charo, <laughs> like six uh, yeah. Seven. He's uh, he's six foot four, hundred ninety two pounds. So he's 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 slight, and and I think more than one scouting report have talked about fact that he needs to kind of add some meat and add some strength, but once he does, uh, kind of watch out sort of thing. So, yeah, calling card is, is the fact that he's an awesome skater and, and super mobile, and people, all the scattering reports talk about how a skater he is for size and just generally. Um, so we're not going to talk skating too much, but that is that is sort of just worth noting, I think. And so the idea is that once he Squats, um, does some more deadlifts, fills out his frame, hangs out with Hurdle for a little bit, kind of works on Hurdle for a bit, yeah. does does a lot of uh, box jumping in, in Czech Republic. Um, once he adds some, yeah, adds some strength to that frame, his skating get that much better, sort of thing. And so people are are, are excited about that. Definitely um, a raw prospect. I think the, the allure of someone who has that sort of untapped potential and with some weight training and proper coaching could unlock it with the proper sort of out there. That is so why that's he's really hovering quick. around the end of the first or second round. Yeah, yeah. So really quick kind of, I think the big thing with him is um, it feels like he, there's a lot of, he's definitely raw and there feels like there's a lot of potential there. Um, just kind of like getting his, you know, reading his stuff and watching some videos and stuff like that. Like we'll get into a little bit more, but it's, you know, like where he, he has, it feels like he has all the physical tools, but he hasn't quite put it together for consistent stretches as we'll, we'll get into. That's, that's sort of the gist I get. So yeah, we will, it's like one of those, one of those uh, TV episodes where they start at the end of the episode and then you and it flashes back to the beginning, like 24 hours beforehand. You need to figure out how you got there. So, yeah, um, we're getting. Uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna like record scratch, whatever the fuck it is. Oh shoot, I can't say that word anymore. We need, like we the uh, oh, we need the save by the bell where it's like, hold on, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, second. yeah, yeah. Let's let's redo this. Um, so he's ranked ranked. Uh, he's a left shot, which. I think probably take into account a little much because right shot defensemen in the NHL are in such a demand, but when you're drafting them, like who cares? Um fifth by hockeyprospect.com by future considerations. Seventh by our new uh and 
Description Provider McKean's. Teams by Central Scouting European Skaters, which like, that's hard to translate in overall rank. He feels about similar to 40s. At 37th by Lee Prospects. 27th Scouts at Bob, the book father has spoken to. And finally, 29th in aggregate rankings that Colin Cudmore has put together. Uh, this does include some of these more quote-unquote uh, hockey men publications, but also includes a ton of amateur scouts on Twitter who put together rankings, so it sort of pulls all that together. Uh, and all of that other folks might be skewing this a little more toward the, the front end, or toward, toward the first round, relative to the big established publications. Always something that I like to look out for, because um, I don't necessarily know that the hockey men are wrong, but I do appreciate our younger and, and differently thinking people who are on Twitter who are doing this who might not feel uh, sort of like they have conform or, or lean into certain stereotypes or ways of scouting that have been established for a while. It's interesting that the Twitter folks seem to kind of feel a little bit more strongly that is a better bet. Um, the timing the Swedish U20 Super Elite League and the next league up, the Allsvenskan which is AHL of the Swedish uh, hockey sort of wise approach. Um, 18 games, he'll spend two points, but he only played about four and a half minutes a night there. So it's really hard to look at his point totals in El Svenskin and, and take anything else because he played so little, which is which is often the case with younger players in these adult leagues in, in Europe. Um, and he was, uh, according to Will Scout, he was the youngest player in the All Svenskin uh, league last Svenskin. year. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, he's, still, he's still 17. Which is insane. <laughs> but He's 18 later this month. 18. After I turn, not 18. Um, in, the, in the U20 Super Elite, he put up 24 points in three games. Good point six five points per game. Now, I think you'd want to see a little bit a little bit of higher uh, point rate. I realize it's, it's different. Guys are getting called up and down all the time, but for example, um, Eric Carlson and Andrea, who we talked about, put up around a point per game in the all in the Super Elite. Their draft year, Helga Granz, who's also in this class, is also right per game. Um, Robert Hag, who hasn't really panned out in the NHL, but who made it, was also closer to a point per game. So it's not he's not so. F- that, but I think, like in an ideal world, you'd see him score a few more points every now and then. Our guys like Hampus and Holm, Lawrence Pilot, and Chris Juice, who were around closer to his point per game scoring rate, but Holm, of course, played a bunch in the SHL, I think, um, drafted first round. So, tough comparison there. In any case, I'd like to see a few more points on his scoring rate uh, card this year, even if that doesn't mean. Anything. Um, Simo Tapari, who works for a model to evaluate this year's draft class, uh, and of the 155 he evaluated that are eligible for this coming draft, under rank 36th in overall potential. So there's kind of a mixture of a bunch of different models that look at production over the players' last few seasons, uh, their impact ranked goals, and that sort of thing. And so fact that he isn't among the top 10 or so is a little disconcerting if you're thinking 
you know, him in the first round, even toward the end of the first round, uh, which is why I mm-hmm. think maybe, well, I don't know if this is why, but it makes more sense that he's for a first round, maybe kind of early, early second round of a pick. But, um, get there, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> Bader's model at hockeyprospecting.com. Him a four percent chance of becoming a star producer in the NHL, which is about average, and a thirty-seven percent chance of becoming an NHLer. So, uh, above average by a few percentage points. Um, should point out that he doesn't have NHL equivalency numbers for the league that Wallander played in last year, which is mostly like the the U Junior Elsvenskin or the the J eighteen. The, the tier below the U20 Junior League. So um, he made that big jump, from not even the, the main Junior League, into kind of the AHL this year. So really, it's really nice to see that quick progression. On the other hand, you also get to see him last year to the, the U20 League full-time. Um, yeah. You know, it's more important. The jump is, is not the fact that he wasn't there before is... Maybe a little bit of a not a red flag, a yellow flag, but know enough about the interaction years of your draft year to see the jump is more important. So the fact that he made a jump at all, we'll stick with that as a positive point. According to 224.com, uh, I looked at 143 defensemen who played in Super Elite with at least 20 games played. Now this is all the so anyone age 20, um. He ranked 73rd in even strength primary points per game. So he's about right, right in the middle there. Almost half of his points were primary power play assists, rather. They were primary assists, hmm. at least. So he wasn't just bombing away and getting secondary assists. I think he was making good passes. So sort of evidence of his vision and playmaking skills that I think we'll see talked about a little later. Only 44th out of that list of 143 players. His strength goals for relative to his team. So hard to get so excited about the idea that he was driving both sides of, of juniors and really he was seventh in estimated ice time so nice thing to take away from that is despite the fact that his physical profile isn't super exciting uh, coaches trusted him to play a ton at that level even after not having played in that league much before so uh, kind of, you know, a little bit of a roller coaster there in his profile, but I can see why he is between the first and second round, or even starting to float into the second round for some. Um, you mentioned that our friend Will Scouch has a nice video put together on him. I, I watched the the draft dynasty video on YouTube. Um, what did you see in in your own video watching experience? So yeah, I think the big thing with him is is his. Con- and like Scouch talked about this, and we'll make sure to, to tweet out uh, his video because Scouch is amazing and he's our BF on Twitter. So, um, but I think his consistency where you see some games and he's just dominant, and then other games where he just kind of looks lost on the ice. And again, that's, I mean, he's 18, you have to kind of keep that in mind too. Um, he's definitely willing to mix it up in the offense. Um, he's one of the, you know, leading the rush. And sometimes he makes really great plays. And sometimes he makes mistakes where he's trying to be too offensive or, you know, any kind of leaves in a bad position. Um, his 
uh, team Milwaukee wasn't very good this year, and it didn't seem like they had a lot of defensive structure. Um, and, and so he might have been trying to kind of make up for that, or it might have been a system thing, or it could have been a combination of the, the two. Um, one nice thing is since he is such a great skater, though, is can kind of help account for his mistakes. So if he is out of position or, you know, a guy kind of breaks away, he's able to kind of to catch up and help try to break up that. You don't want your defense in that position all the time. Um, he does like to wander, which reminds me of a certain defenseman um, who will wander a lot and then kind of leave uh, his assignment. And then you have guys sitting at the, side of the net for easy and goals um <clears throat> Brett Burns but uh you know so I think his I think with Wander have to almost have like his a defenseman who like who really compliments him so you need to have the kind of defense offensive men with him who will let Wander go do the great stuff they can do where he's able to lead transitions and make great passes and he's a super efficient passer like um, kind of evading the forecheck and making the right play. Um, but when he when he's not having his great game, like it's off, it can be disastrous. It's really important that he is, he is partnered up with the right defenseman. Um, offensively, he his shot, it, he does a great job of getting into um, high danger and medium danger uh, areas to take shots, I think. Uh, Ouch had him in the games that he tracked. He had him 35% of his shots were came from like those eight ranges, which is insane for a defenseman. Um, but it shot something special to write home about. So he I don't think he's gonna rack up a lot of points in the NHL. I think he's gonna be um he's gonna help create offense, but like fill the stat sheet. So um I just think him just it's it's consistency and just trying to like not overthink things sometimes. Just try to can like it's, I know it's very hockey guy, but like make the little plays, kind of do stuff like that and you know, and, and be more focused on his positioning and what he's supposed to be doing instead of what he could be doing. Kinda in the same the same sense I get from, from the scattering reports. So we'll do we don't have our good friend and translator Kyle here, we will just kind of run through them fairly quickly and then we can sort of discuss how we feel about him and his draft position might be at the end. Um, offensively, it certainly seems like most people feel as though that's where his biggest uh, concern is, where he just be like he's not trying or not into the play at all and just kind of let things happen and not be aggressive enough at the blue line and not... Um, be too engaged in defense um, is, of course, an issue. On the other hand, I have just my love for who seem like they're not trying or not not it looks easy, yeah, a shit because it, because they make it look so easy. Now, this sounds a different. Where he like, I think there's a difference between saying that a guy is legitimately engaged or disengaged, and a guy looks like trying. So. One seems like the former, where people are like, "Well, I it doesn't make, quite make it look easy. He's just sort of like not doing a whole lot." Um, yeah, there, there's little, guys who make it a little more concerning who make it look easy, but they're still doing the job. But when you're like make it look like you're not trying, 
and not getting the job done, it's yeah, that's that's yeah. the issue there. That's when you run into yeah, that's when you that's when you run into concerns. I concern too is it sounds like his 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 skating strength is one of his biggest talking points. But like by the time you get to the NHL, everyone's a good skater, relatively speaking. I think um, so. Know how much will that translate over if the rest of the pack isn't there? I guess. Um, so know that the defense is a little bit of a work in progress. I'm not too concerned with that uh, because though that's a fairly common concern in these scouting reports because these guys are 17 years old. Right, defense is for nerds. These guys are so old. Their whole yeah. lives have just been like, yeah, score goals, score goals, score goals. The reason they're getting drafted for the NHL because they've been the best like for most of their lives and their coaches defer to them and say, just go do your thing. And so it's understandable that they're like, don't even, like, don't bother with defense, don't man. That's right. Um, and you're t- bad and you don't have a bad, like, your system's really bad. Like, that's, yes. That's understandable. Right, right. So it's like, you know, I, I, I feel like I see that in scattering reports also when it comes up. I'm not as, I, I don't think it's as, of an issue, I don't think. I think what becomes more of an issue is when a guy skills aren't maybe all the way there, or they're like, oh, his hands are like fine. Like, oh, he plays too much on the perimeter. Like, oh, he's not, you know, if they're clear things, it makes sense. Like, he should be able to do that. He's not doing so you're red flagged and like he doesn't try or doesn't play defense because like these kids are teenagers. Um, yeah. So we'll get into his offense. Um, incur from last word on hockey about how he could stand to work on his accuracy with his shooting, which was defense. Um, he's also able to walk the line and create shooting lanes thanks to his strong agility and lateral movement. He's also a good passer. His passing skills help him in the transition game. Um, Yoki Nevalainen from Dauber Prospects writes that he loves to join the rush, and he's oftentimes even leading the rush. Skater, puck skills, which allow him to play the type of role. But sometimes he has a tendency to keep the puck on a stick too long. I think he kind of mentioned that. Especially in transition and on the rush attack, uh, even though he's the most natural offensive threat in the offensive zone. Corianos is the draft analyst. That even in the clogged neutral zone, Wallander is confident with his stick handling and nimble enough. Sidestep and weave away from pressure while keeping his head on a swivel. Not only can he quarterback a power play, but he can also has he also has soft hands and excellent vision, which was kind of seen with his uh, assists on the power play. Derek Newman, who wrote for Defending B, but also is on Twitter and I think maybe a couple other sites. His hands and puck control aren't exactly elite. They're well above average under his size. He usually doesn't fight the puck when receiving it. And make a confident deke swing wide if necessary to avoid pressure. So, so um. I also want to that that Will Scouch talked to us on the podcast episode we had him on where he sort of said Allender is an interesting guy for the Sharks there because he's got a lot of promise, a lot of potential, but he will also on occasion just like chuck a grenade into center ice and and like create sort of a turnover for the other team thing. And so I like laughed like oh that sounds great like that sounds like the ideal kind of high up he might screw up a few times because he's a teenager sort of thing, but also afraid to try crazy shit like that um here but i feel like read other reports of his offense he's very much helpful in transition which 
You know, it's interesting. I wonder if like that's more valuable than being great in the offensive zone. As so much of, of hockey now, we know in the NHL, you win the neutral zone and, and, and do well in transition in order to generate more offense, I think. And so mm-hmm. well, the help there maybe doesn't matter as much that he's not great in the offensive zone because we want the forwards to do most of the work anyway. Um, yeah. On the other hand, you do want someone who knows when to pinch and knows how to make a good pass like Eric Carlson who... So, but I don't know that that's a huge issue because, again, which is running a system that feels more efficient. Most of the work is going to be from down low uh, around the net and that kind of thing. I I would have to sort of, no, it's interesting. To me, it's not super yeah. exciting. The offense is in the rush, which is great. Transition, great. He's good at that. That's awesome. That's sort of torn between whether or not I care how much he's, he's amazing in the offensive zone. Yeah, I and like you kind of said, you're he's helping to generate offense by like leading the transition or keeping it in and no, like p- making smart pinches. And it seems like he has those skills. Um, he's able to do those things, and you know, and he's he's fast enough to where if he does make a mistake, he can kind of um, court like correct or correct himself for that. But um, and like I said, I don't think he's he's not going to be like Brent Burns. He's going to launch a thousand shots and score up the the stat sheet that way. Um, but I think he can be a really smart defender if if he were you know just kind of with more consistency and be a chip in when necessary, um, but still be able to play good, you know, or kind of get back when he needs to. Um, I think he just needs to learn that part of the game more. And again, he's 17. So he's going to be turning 18 here in a couple of weeks. Like, again, he still has a lot of hockey to to play. And it's not like he's going to be in the NHL, you know, anytime next you know, year or two. So he's, he still has plenty of, of opportunities. For and you, you know, we don't, again, we don't know with his current system, uh, team if, you know, it's just a, poorly coached team or poorly implemented system and if he doesn't have the right teammates around him there's a lot of factors that can go into that he's maybe having to try to do a little bit too much and then he's trying to make a play and we've seen that all the time uh, as much as we love eric carlson sometimes that's his one flaw it's he tries to make a play and instead of making like a, kind of a more simple play right right and so i my sort of on reading of reports and looking at his data and statistical profile, um, someone who could certainly be a very good player if he hits the upside, getting there is going to require work on defense and work on offense and work on hockey IQ, I guess, to a degree. There's, there's like a lot of, you know, whereas like say someone like Jacob Perot clearly has to work on his his defensive game but like his offense is awesome um, and of course there's not to say there's nothing to work work on there but his offense is so strong shouldn't have to a whole lot more to get that up to par whereas wallander seems like yeah he's, he's great in transition but he's got to work on defense and sort of figuring out where to be kind of thing i'm like well i i i understand why site like McKean's um was ranked closer to the end of the of the second round for example because there are more unknowns and even though those unknowns could result in someone who's a really exciting player in a few years 
would rather take someone who, who has fewer unknowns and might also still be an exciting player. And so it seems like there are a few of the other Swedish defensemen, like Andrea, whom we talked about, Grans, who we haven't talked about yet, um, probably ranked in the same area of the draft who might offer a little bit more of a polished game right now. And so it's a question of believe you can help this dude fill in his upside and sort of reach that potential. Or if you'd rather take someone who you have to do less work with, but maybe as exciting once he tops out. So that's kind of... So like, like last week we discussed uh, Justin Barron, who we've, you know, is way more defensive defenseman. But feel, he has his own, you know, red flag medical legs, but feels much more polished than Lander. And like, so where would you land between those two guys? If kind of was like the it, first, the, the first, right, that's round. a good question. Um, do I do really to... like I do really like there's better reports focused a lot on his transition game. I think kind of what the Sharks have been focusing on is is defense who who are, are good agile skaters who are good at moving the puck who you know have some creativity and vision. I don't know like vision and creativity and sort of go with the puck might not be there like some of these other players, but I do like the idea that really good at getting from point A to point B because that's sort of how you turn offense on. That's how you make offense out of nothing. And Baron is very strong defensively, but I didn't see as much uh, auditing of his team or offense. And so it feels like maybe we will take the guy who, who has a knack for weaving in and out of the neutral zone, which features more like something sort of inherent Mm-hmm. Other than something learned, I think he can like learn to get better gap control, learn to get up when you have the puck on the blue line. But I think like pay attention to when is something when you just sort of uh, know how to do it. Yeah, pay attention to when the def- the guy you're supposed to be defending is wide open by the crease. Like right, like right, that. right. And you know, th- this is coming from someone who's like never played, and so I could be totally wrong here. But that's my, my, my sense, and so I feel like they'd be pretty close. But I think. I think because my philosophy is take someone who has upside, whether or not you think he's going to get there, screw it, we're going to do it. Do you think I would wait, though? Probably tell the Sharks mm-hmm. to pick at 60. I think I wouldn't. My ranking of him would be similar to McKean's ranking, or maybe a little higher, of HockeyProspect.com is 5, so middle middle of the second round kind of thing. Second. So someone where... Like, yeah. If I take him at 34, and if the Sharks miss on him before they get to 60, like, oh well. But if he's there at 60, it might be you to think long yeah. and hard about that. So, for sure, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I think you know. I just I thought it'd be interesting, you know, kind of that guy we looked at last week who, so maybe a little bit more polished, but not offensively gifted. So, um, cool. So I think that's going to about do it for us for this week. Um, check us out. This week We have some insane shows lined up next week. We are have a special guest coming for Monday and Tuesday, who's one of the most popular people on Sharks Twitter, if I don't say so myself. At least he is to me. So, um, so he'll be on Monday and Tuesday. Um, and we have some fun stuff lined up for the rest of the week. Another prospect, of course, because we can't have Friday without Eric's Fun Boy Friday. Um, want to talk to us on Twitter? You can find us out at 
on Locked on Sharks. Um, if you have any complaints, please email us at LockedOnSharks at gmail.com. We'll get right to those. That's what he's been doing the past uh, week and a half is just answering your emails. If he hasn't gotten to you, he will he'll get to you eventually. I promise. Um, if I... <laughs> Poor Kyle has no idea what's going on. Um, if you want to find Eric on Twitter, you can find him at Fatball15, where he'll be more than happy to discuss a uh, 17-year-old uh, European defenseman. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, JD, JD is available to discuss the uh, intricacies of using two boys. Um of this craziness he is available at my fry hole if you have any questions about getting them to bed sometime <laughs> don't ask me it's it's ugh. anyway um so yeah we'll be back next week uh if you guys have especially if you're on apple leave us a review even just the little five stars you don't have to type something out at least the five stars it makes us feel good about ourselves especially because uh we got a bunch of reviews before we got um we relaunched the show it'd be nice to kind of bump up those reviews for 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 us now that we have a you know we're here every you guys and trying to do our thing so uh but yeah make sure you check out the show next week we have it's lining up to be one of our best weeks ever i think i'm just gonna put that out there if it's not i'm sorry yeah so oh i don't know it's gonna be dope tune in we got a lot of good shit going on a lot of good people we're talking interviews some interesting news um not not more your you know routine stuff so definitely join us next week tell your friends um, put us on put us on the on the jam box yeah uh open open up beers like hang out with some people and uh let us let us entertain you for a few nights yep all right we'll catch you guys next week later